Hello everyone, this is the Wesley Channel. My name is James. This will be my first podcast. And I have a lot of things to talk about. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is my, you know, a couple of jobs that I've done and some of the crazy stuff that's happened on the job. Uh, one of the first jobs I want to talk about is when I was doing contract security with Department of Homeland Security. That job paid pretty good. I mean, I started off with them make with them making about $17 an hour. And I did that for almost 18 years. And at the time that I left, we was up to $32.52 an hour. It was you know, you can say it was in California and you can listen and like, oh man, $32.52 an hour, that's a good pay. With hourly rate, yeah, that is good. But you don't see that on your check. You might be clear 15. You'd be lucky to get up to 17 every two weeks because they take so much money out of your check. You got your benefits. You know, they're going to take out for that. You got your state taxes. You got your federal taxes. Then you got your union. And your union, your union dues are every two weeks and to me dealing with the union you know the union they had didn't really do much or nothing to help you with anything I'm just going to be real about it but far and all in all it was a good job I mean it was a lot of work because you had to know a lot you had to and you know you had to do a lot of training and the funny thing about that job you know people look at it oh just security uh, flashlight cop and all that no it was a little bit more than that uh, we were armed. Um, everything that we had was issued to us, as far as our weapons, uniforms, vests, duty belts, e- everything. And uh, you didn't have to pay. Most security companies, when you get issued stuff, it comes out of your check. You might get a new shirt, they'll take it out your check. You get a duty belt, they take it out your check. And the funny thing about those companies is when you leave, you turn all that stuff in, and you don't get none of that money back. So, and to me, I felt that that was a waste. So, when I was doing the other security companies, to me, it's a waste that, you know, it's coming out of my check, and you would think that, okay, they just taking the money out to cover the belt, but when you turn it back in, you'll get your money back, but you don't. Uh, When I was doing this company, I was getting my money taken I get no money taken out I didn't have to pay for anything dealing with uniforms or anything if I needed shirts I call up hey I need new shirts and new uh, pants uh, you fill out a form they authorize it and they tell you which uh, place to go you might go to quartermasters or they might have them there at the company so I applied for the company and I got hired in, I did an interview, and some of the questions they ask you, you you really have to know how to answer those questions in the interview. And one of the questions they asked me was, if you were in a social security office and you have a person in there getting violent, throwing chairs, and is upset, what do you do? Do you call the federal police? Do you run in the back to call somebody? Do you stand there and try to talk to this guy to talk him down? What do you do? Do you take him down, handcuff him and all? 
questions like that, it really makes you really think, well, what do I really do? We got a violent person in here throwing stuff. So, all in all, the correct answer for that is you can't leave. You can't leave. You cannot walk out that lobby because you're going to have to take action. And the best answer for that, you stay in the lobby. If you got you got one of the uh, reps right there at the window, you tell them to call federal police. They're going to call them. They're going to tell everything they're seeing. You just do what you got to do. You either calm this guy down or if you have to take him down and, you know, detain him and cuff him, you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to fight with this guy. Because your main objective, main objective for doing security is observe and report. But when you get on a federal contract, that is your main objection is to observe and report. But you are also there to protect federal property. You're there to protect federal employees. And you're there to protect the public. So you have to do something. You have to. So all in all with that, I did... Took 30 days before I got, you know, hired in. You have to go to two weeks of classroom training. That's where you learn a lot of federal laws. Uh, you learn what you can and cannot do. I mean, there's a lot of things dealing with the government you have to know. You have to know. And a lot of times, these rules, like if you detain somebody, it's almost like with with police department, you know. Like far as this ID thing that they got on with a police telling you uh, you got some ID and you you know your rights where you say, well, I don't feel I have to show it. And they say, oh, uh, if failure to ID, you can be arrested. I'm going to tell you guys right now, that is not a law. If they arrest you for not showing your ID, they will throw that charge out. So that failure to ID is crap only way you're supposed to ID yourself, you're supposed to be arrested. They have to have reasonable suspicions of you committing a crime, about to commit a crime, and all that. They have to have that. Another thing that gets me is if the police stop you and say, well, we got reason to believe, we got a call and all of that, that you were doing this and that and that, I need to see your ID. Well, a lot, I look at a lot of this stuff, a lot of people will tell them no, this and that and that. A good way to get them really good, tell them what to show my ID have to do with the crime itself. It does not tell you if I committed a crime by looking at my ID. My ID is not going to say, yeah, this is the guy that committed a crime. That's why I don't understand that. But enough of that. Back to the training. So it's two weeks of classroom training. The way my um, instructor taught me was we go through this whole entire book we go over the basics then we go over the importance so you had to learn all this stuff and he would give us a hundred question test almost every day now his way of training was if you can score a hundred on a hundred question test then you can actually pass the 50 question test and that does make sense. You, that, if you pass in 100, you're learning a whole lot of stuff that's going to be on that test. But everything that you're learning in class is not on that test. They have different tests. Like if you're in DMV, you always get a different test. But the only thing about the actual test is worded differently. It's worded differently from what you learn in class. 
it's the same same questions, but worded differently. So you you pass that classroom and all that. You go down to one of the federal buildings, and um, you take your test. Once you take your test, you pass it, then you're good. You know they call you in. They they let you know that you passed. They tell you what day to come in to get all your equipment. You have to sign for everything, especially for your weapon. You have to sign for it. Once you sign for that weapon, you are responsible for it. It belongs to the company, but you're responsible for it. So if it gets lost, you're gonna pay for it. It gets stolen, and it's and if it's deemed that it could have been prevented, you paying for it. If the police take it, they will try to get it back. Most of the time, police departments will not give those weapons back, which I don't understand, especially if it's assigned to a security company. But, you know, you pass that. You get your uniform and all that. That's good. Now you got your second two weeks of class. That is your firearms training class. Firearms training class, to me, was actually fun. So, the first... The first week of firearms training, you are learning your weapon. Whatever weapon that they are having, that you're carrying, that everybody's carrying, you are going to learn that weapon. When I first did my firearms training class, I carried a Smith and West, a tactical Smith and Wesson 40 caliber automatic. And you had to learn how to take it apart. You had to learn to clean it. You had to learn to shoot it. You had to learn to rack it. The only thing about that weapon, it was a single action. So it didn't have a hammer. So you couldn't pull. It had a hammer, but you didn't, it wasn't like most of the other guns where you could just pull the hammer back. Now, it was one of those, and it had a very heavy trigger pull. So that's what made it even harder when you were shooting it. So that's what that was about. That was a pretty good one. But we ended up moving up to the Glock 40 calibers. Those are real good. They were easy to fire those. But you have to go through the class. First week of learning all the basics of that. Second week, you're shooting. You're doing a lot of shooting. And you're not only just learning how to hit target. You're actually shooting the course of the federal police. So you're actually shooting like federal police officers on how they are trained to shoot. That's what you're shooting. So you're technically getting police shooting training. Only thing you don't get is as far as a long gun, a shotgun, and stuff like that. So uh, the shooting was fun. I Like when I took my written test, the first time I took the written test, I failed it. I missed it by one question. Now, there is no leeway to when you uh, miss one. If you miss it, there's no, okay, we'll let you pass. Not now. You, you miss one, you fail. So you have to take it over. So I took it over and passed it. I got in there the first time. I was excited. I was just ex really excited. I got in there. I'm answering the questions and stuff. But, you know, sometimes... When you're taking the test, that's why they always say make sure you get a good night's sleep, go in, be relaxed, and just take the test. Don't be excited because you're gonna you're gonna mess up. So I took the test, passed that. Shooting off, shooting though, 
I passed that the first time, so I already knew I was going to pass the shoot. Because I already knew how to shoot. So, um, once I passed, I got all my stuff, got my uniform together, went and got to the cleaners and had it, you know, the alterations done and all of that. And my first post was in Westwood, California, at the Federal Building off of Wilshire. At that time, they had, it was the Passport Agency, the VA, Social Security, and FBI. Now, it was a cool spot. I was doing the Social Security. I did that for a year in that building. And, you know, they started cross-training me downstairs to work the door, letting people in, going through the metal detectors and all of that stuff. So, I was getting trained for that. So, Social Security ended up leaving out. And instead of me going with Social Security, me and one of the other officers switched. So he went with them and I stayed there. Cool thing about that federal building, because of the passport and the Social Security, when it was in there, you will see a lot of movie stars coming in and out. Getting their passport or some getting married, getting their Social Security numbers changed and all that. So I got a chance to meet a lot of stars. I met David Wayans. I met the comedian Linnell. I saw Eric Benet. I saw Donald Sutherland. I saw Don Cornelius. Even Gary Coleman came up in there. I saw Simon from um, America Got Talent. I mean, I saw a lot of people. I met a lot of stars. Uh, out of all the stars, the one I met that I mainly kept in contact with was the comedian Lunell. And she was wonderful. She's a wonderful person. I'm going to tell y'all in person. She's funny in person. You know, she's just like anybody else. Just like anybody else. And she had a comedy thing going on at the Mix, called the Mix Nuts in um, L.A. I don't know if it's still there. But I ended up going when it premiered. I got there the second night it premiered. The second time it premiered. I, I was there faithfully every week. I was, it was, I was so faithful that it rained one day, and I went, and I was the only person there getting, getting my um, entertainment. So, but yeah, that was real fun. But you know, at Federal Building, you don't know what you're gonna run into. I mean, there's a lot of situations that happen. Some happened when I was there. Some happened when I wasn't there. I had a guy one time. He came during the day, and the way it was set up. Most people want to talk to the FBI, so in order to go up there, you have we give them a, a number. They have to call up to set up an appointment, and they'll set up an appointment, and they can go right up. So the guy came in, and he wanted to go up there, and he, and he wanted to talk with the FBI, so we get a number, but he wouldn't call. He just gave us a whole bunch of problems, so he ended up leaving. So I get off work. Come the next day, they was telling about what happened. The guy ended up coming back with a long trench coat, and he's walking up. Instead of coming through the entrance, he wants to come through the exit doors. He comes through there. The officers, the security is telling the guy, stop, stop. The guy's still coming, so the security officer grabs his gun. He un unlocks it. He's about to draw down, and the guy is still coming so one of the other officers just so happened to come in from getting a flag runs up behind him take out his baton put him in an arm lock and take him down 
and FBI told him good work, which was good work. The guy never had to draw his gun. He didn't have to shoot this man. The man didn't get hurt. He went to jail. I don't know how long he stayed, but yeah, that that's that's scary moments. So right now I'm going to end this podcast here and come back later and I'm going to go ahead and tell more about my security job because right now I am currently a truck driver but like I said my security doing that I I got a lot of stories I got stories you wouldn't believe some stories people are gonna you know misjudge what I tell you and probably say oh that's brutality and all that but once I break it down then people would understand because there's a lot of like dealing with doing security for the government we actually have a little bit more power than an actual security officer that's working in a casino on the streets or whatever because we're dealing with the government so rules are very strict they're very low tolerance about a lot of stuff so thanks guys for listening and i'll talk to you guys soon